side of the goal, right at the side of the net. Centered in front, Kapanen, he scores! Kasperi Kapanen has finally scored, and the Penguins have a 4-3 lead. What would a Pittsburgh Penguins season be without the kind of adversity that puts it all in perspective? Hockey players are people first and foremost, and as we have learned over and over again throughout the years, the way that teammates and the organization respond to the personal and professional adversities that Penguins players and coaches have experienced has been one of the defining characteristics of this franchise. Good morning and welcome to Penguins Live Weekly with Brian Metzer. I'm Paul Steigerwald, Wayne Gretzky, Anderson at the controls, and Metz, Chris Letang, the greatest defenseman in franchise history. And once again, we're reminded of how much he's loved by his teammates and the fans and the coaches and everyone. He, he certainly is, Stag. I mean, everybody loves Chris Letang. He is, we, we've seen it again and again with Sid and Gino specifically. They're they're brothers from different countries. We've you know we've heard that a lot over this last year, and it's true. You could really see the outpouring of affection and love for him, not only as a teammate, but as a, a husband, a father, a man, and everybody was just so concerned. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I heard that news the other day, I I just had it in my brain that he's going. We're hearing a retirement announcement tomorrow or something, and I was thrilled that they said it's not quite as bad and. Uh, that he's he's doing well, but uh, it was scary. And and to your point, he is definitely loved by this team and organization and everybody involved. The team played with a certain kind of urgency and commitment on Thursday in Tanger's absence that I thought was palpable. Yeah, I thought that they they didn't really know all the details on Tuesday, but you you could I think that really kicked in on Thursday though when when you as you just mentioned they it, there was a question asked on Wednesday about do you think they might try and rally around this and win for Tanger or, or that kind of thing? I, I feel like we saw that. This, the team did rally around losing Chris Letang. Some of the other defensemen up and down this lineup stepped up, and they came away with a really hard-fought victory against Vegas. They certainly did, and one of the guys who really played a prominent role, of course, was Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, he scored the you know winning goal, and it was pretty cool, wasn't it, to see him get it? Uh, and then afterwards, he was... Uh, you know, saying, "Hey, listen, it was no fun standing, you know, sitting up there watching the games. I want to help my teammates." And uh, I do think, you know, Mike Sullivan says he has to use his speed more. I think we've heard Phil Bork talk about it. You feel like he could go to the net every time he carries the puck. Yep. He has that speed, but he pulls up a lot. And it was nice to see him working hard, like you heard on the replay of the goal. Prior to him scoring the goal, he worked extremely hard to make sure the Penguins maintained possession. So it was just a great night all the way around for Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah, you're right. I, I feel like he looked like the player he was in the first couple games of the season because, yeah, he scored in game one, and maybe that gave him a, an exhale moment. And he he dipped a little bit offensively. But if you recall, we talked about it here too, Stag. There were certain games early on in that first couple where he was doing little things, blue-collar work, getting in the corner, digging out pucks, and and creating some space for teammates with that speed and going to the net a little bit more. And then it vanished. And sitting out for seven can't be fun. I think that humbled him a little bit. I mean, it's a first-round draft pick. This is a kid with pedigree, um, and he was pinned to the press box seat for a while. So I think getting back in, he brought that blue-collar effort back in, and he went to the net a little bit more, not quite as much as we want yet. Maybe it will still progress. But the goal was testament to that. He He went to the net took a pass, and falling down scores the goal. So, I mean, that was a hard work goal, and I think that that could help really get him going. Boy, do they need him to, too, right? I mean, like, oh, if, yeah. if, you could add, if you could add that element, it's like it's like making a trade. If you get 15, 20 goals from your third-line winger, which I'm not saying he will do that, but it, that's what you hope. You know, you, you hope to get anywhere in that 12 to 20 range from those guys. If if Cappy can become that, I think that will really help them. And, and when he's playing better, I think 
First, it's feeding off Brock McGinn a little bit because we've seen him have a decent November. He he had a game or two off of that, but really, he's been really good in the month. And I thought Jeff Carter was way more noticeable with Kapanen playing a better game in I this agree. game. So those two together, I think, can really complement one another. Could be a really good line if we could get yep. Cappy going. There's no question about it. So 11-15 and 15 at home for the Penguins. They've really got to make hay. I mean, Josh Getzoff gave me a great summation, really, of what the Penguins have coming up uh, after the he included the Carolina game this week in there he said 11 of 15 at home 6 of 15 versus the Metro 16 straight in the Eastern time zone you know th- this is when the Penguins have to make that move and I think it was around this time last year Mets that they won 10 in a row I think you're right about that stag and, and truthfully even though we were a little disappointed with the Toronto game still got a point out of Car- uh, Carolina and when you look back now, they've certainly started to win way more than they've lost. And yeah. they've, they've started to collect some points. The seven-game losing uh, or winless streak was something that they definitely weren't pleased with. But ever since that, they've turned a little bit of a page. They've started to collect points. The point percentage is there. And I, I just think that the rest of this month now is a great opportunity to harness points in the standings, get yourself into a good solidified position to to prep for a playoff run in the second half with all these home ice games. There's not a whole lot more that Sidney Crosby can do right now, Mets. Uh, he's playing some kind of hockey. Uh, probably, well, it's his best start, I think, since 2012. And you just get the feeling that he is on a mission of some kind when he comes out there at the start of the game and throughout. I feel like he took it personally. It was Michael Jordan-like whenever he, uh, you know, you always say, I took that personally. People were kind of ripping Sid a little bit. And then he went on the road trip and scored 10 in three games. And he was good at the start of the season, too. I mean, he's not never really missed a beat, even though there were a couple games without points. And people, when you're Sid, that's all people look at sometimes. Well, he has been absolutely red hot in all facets of his game. There's a reason why he's probably one of, if not the best 200-foot player of his generation, because he does it in both ends of the rink. Army and I talked about this on the pregame the other night, Stag. Think of how much offense Sidney Crosby creates on the defensive end. He starts it with a poke check or fighting for a puck and getting loose and and then getting on the breakout. He just created an awesome goal the other night for Raquel against Vegas, stealing the puck from Nick Haig, the young defenseman of the, the Golden Knights. That kind of thing, people aren't prepared for a player of Sid's age, even though he is an all-world talent, to work so hard in a corner. And he outworked a kid that clearly was overwhelmed by him, created that situation. And that's been the norm night in and night out. It's something special, and with Gino also uh, dialed in the way he has been, uh, I believe the Penguins will continue to win hockey games. We're going to have the highlights of the three games this week, and we will have a visit from the great Brian Trottier to discuss his book, All Roads Home, A Life On and Off the Ice, and that's going to be fun. You can put that book on your Christmas shopping list for sure. That'll be coming up later in the show. It's another hour of spirited Saturday morning hockey talk on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by S&T Bank. Some chefs have a secret ingredient. Well, we found the perfect secret ingredient, 7-Up. That's right, 7-Up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor. That's why you can do a lot with it, like 7-Up pancakes, cupcakes, guacamole, carnitas, and oh yeah, don't forget the cocktails. You can make 7-Up whiskey, sangria, margaritas, and much more. Go to 7up.com to find more recipes. Visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a 7-Up 20-ounce bottle. 7-Up is the official soda sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans. This is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. 
Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. If there's a better place for world-class outdoor adventure or a better place to take in top-rated fall colors, we haven't seen it, but you should see it. It's all right here in West Virginia. Plan your fall trip at wvtourism.com. As the official security provider of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security is invested in the success of the entire Western Pennsylvania area. If you run a business here, they understand your primary focus is serving your customer. And a big part of that is making sure that your customers, your employees, and your inventory are all safe and secure. Vector Security can help. Schedule a free business security health check today, and one of their local security experts will assess your needs. Visit them online at vectorsecurity.com pens to learn more. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 of PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at burgatorybar.com. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Yes, it is Penguins Live Weekly. We're here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to take a look back at the week that was for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The week began with an ending. The Penguins' five-game winning streak was stopped by the red-hot Mitch Marner and the Toronto Maple Leafs last Saturday night. Across for Marner, a wrist shot looking back door for Yarncroft. Couldn't get his stick on it, and it sails to center ice. Austin Matthews with it there. Quick pass ahead. He springs Barner and down the left wing to the forehand. Shoots and scores. 
40 seconds in, Penn's caught in a change, and Mitch Marner makes him pay. It's one nothing Leafs. Yes, that early goal by Marner was one of 17 shots for the Leafs in the first period to only five for the Penguins. The Penguins uh, saw the Leafs build to a 3-0 lead before Ricard Raquel gave the Pens a glimmer of hope at 11.38 of the third. Pass, though, deflected by Latang, who picks it up for Pittsburgh and moves up the right wing, pivots away from Engvall, and fires forward for Crosby. Snaps it right side, Gensel catches it in stride. Into the right wing circle, tries to center, comes to Raquel, shoots and scores! And there's some life! Raquel rips it up over Shalgren, and it's 3-1 with 8.22 to go. But a turnover of the offensive zone turned into an Austin Matthews goal at the other end, and the Leafs took the rubber match 4-1 for a 6-0-2 record in their last eight games, and they've really turned into one of the forces in the league, and it's really weird because they've done it by completely changing the way they play Mets. They're clogging the middle. Well, when you do that, you're going to be rewarded a little bit. I think good teams, even with a lot of offensive firepower, can be rewarded for doing that because you create the turnovers, you create mistakes, and then you take it the other way, usually in an odd man rush or um, you know, just you have numbers in a lot of situations. So I think that's exactly what we saw on display in this game, Stag. They took advantage of some Penguins miscues at the offensive blue line or in the neutral zone, and they took it right back and used it against them. They've become stingy and opportunistic, and it's reminiscent somewhat of what the Penguins did a few years ago when they had all those injuries and everybody was raving about the resilience yep. of the Penguins, and they were playing really well as a team, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were <clears throat> staying above the puck and playing more of a, I would say, uh, well, clog in the middle, kind of doing the same thing and uh, taking advantage of the other team's mistakes. By week's end, the Leafs have the third best record in the NHL. And I, I thought, Matt, that the Penguins just ran out of gas last Saturday night. They'd been playing a lot of hockey. And I know you're not allowed to say that. It's an excuse and blah, blah, blah. But it's true, to though. me, that was a big factor. No, you're right. I mean, that was one of those situations where, what was it, something like 7 and 12 days. And then they had two sets of back-to-back in those seven games, too. So it was um, a, a grind for them, and I think it did catch up a little bit. Uh, and they, you know, it, you're allowed to dip every once in a while. I think you just don't like that it's mistakes that cost them because really in this game, they still were right in it. Even though the Leafs played the way that they did and overwhelmed them with shots, there were some moments where had they gotten the first Raquel goal in this game that was overturned for a no continuous motion as the whistle blew or whatever it was, like roll 37.3 or something in the video replay category. They That's a different hockey game because they have one in the second period. Who knows where it goes True. from there. But it, it, unfortunately, right when they had some life late, Matthews scored in the third and kind of put the nail in the coffin. But you're right. They, they definitely looked like they ran out of gas a bit. I think, you know, a lot of times fatigue uh, kind of shows itself uh, in terms of the, the mental mistakes. You know, that's what yeah. guys do things it's that true. they wouldn't normally do. Point. The Penguins uh, continued their five-game homestand Tuesday night with what was the only uh, only their fourth divisional opponent in the first 23 games, the Carolina Hurricanes. Sidney Crosby scored the first goal against rookie goalie Pyotr Kochetkov. Marty Natchez tied it early in the second, and Andrei Svechnikov broke the tie late in the second period. They're dumping right back into the Penguin zone. Penguins start out the center. Archibald overskated. Stefan Nason, headman's the puck. Ajo stops up, fires, glove save made by Jari. Behind the net, Svechnikov, he wraps it into the goal and scores. The Canes take a 2-1 lead as Svechnikov pounced on the loose puck and went around on the backhand to stuff it in and make it 2-1. Penns had a good third period and were rewarded for that with a 6-on-5 goal late by Jake Gensel. 
Drop back, now to Malkin. Holds onto it. Works it left side of Crosby. Sidney Crosby on the left wing wall in the Kane zone. Goes to the right point to Petrie. Just under a minute to go. The shot scores! Deflected in by Jake Gensel, and the Penguins have tied this game at two. They went to overtime and a shootout and a bizarre situation in the neutral zone led to the Carolina 2-on-0 and the extra point. Rust takes it in over the line and then turns back. With Keynes had all three players back. Rust is buried into the far boards. It's picked up now by Brett Pesci. He's wide open. Coming to the net, a 2-on-0. And Pesci shoots and scores. And the Canes win it in overtime as Rust was dumped on the far boards at center ice. The fans, I think, thought they should get a penalty there. Svechnikov came in, handed it back to Pesci. He put it into the net, and the Canes win it by a score of 3-2. to two. The Penguins played without Chris Letang in that game. Um, we didn't know why at the time, Mets. Uh, and boy, was Sully livid uh, at the end of that game over the non-call on Brian Rust. He was, and, and it was a situation where um, Rusty's dumped from behind, and everybody kind of stopped playing because I think they thought there would be a call. And I don't remember if you guys mentioned this uh, on the broadcast or not, but I thought I heard somebody say it almost looked like the official had his whistle up, like he was going to make a call. And then that's what Borky said. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, the Rust got right up too. So maybe that's why they didn't call something because he jumped up. But it was too late. Everyone had kind of pushed around and started to scrum, and they were off on a, on essentially a two on none and, and scored the goal. One thing that um, our intern Alyssa showed us post game, she had a picture. The Canes also had four men on the ice in that moment. I know, and and that they got away with that. So it was like. I don't know, one of those weird situations where... And I said it on the broadcast, <laughs> the referees scurried off the ice like cockroaches when you turn on the light. I mean, it was they yeah. couldn't get off the ice fast enough. It was just... I, so that was disheartening, but Sully was as mad as a wet hen, I would say. Oof. He was not very pleased. No, he wasn't. <laughs> and uh, once again, the power play in that Carolina game was abysmal. I mean, they gave up a couple of breakaways... Two two on no, two two on O's, right? Or was it two on ones? It was still it was ugly as hell. <laughs> it was bad. It really was. Uh, Jeff Petrie played twenty six minutes in that game in the absence of Chris Letang, and you remember he stopped Sebastian Aho as he was almost ready to score an empty net goal. That was a really big play in the game because yeah. if he doesn't work hard to just disrupt the flow of Aho, he puts that puck into the empty net and the game's over. Oh, it's done right there. That's true, Stag, and I, I think. And we talked about this on some of the shows over the last couple of days. The loss of Latang may be the thing that helps Jeff Petrie get acclimated and comfortable because he can slide into being that guy that's the minute muncher and playing in every situation. And I think that he built upon the final waning moments of this hockey game and played a pretty good game against the Vegas Knights on, on Thursday. It is amazing how that happens. Like, I really feel like a little bit, I don't know how you feel about this, Spence, but I, I felt like Latang's play has been negatively affected by the presence of Jeff Petrie. And it's not that he's jealous or yeah. feeling, but there's just something that's thrown it off kilter in terms of the, the importance of the, the responsibility that Latang has to carry on his shoulders as the guy. Yep. And now this other guy comes along and it kind of, it, it just kind of waters it down in some way. And, and, and I, I feel like it affected Latang. I think it may have affected both of them. Because, yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, Petrie's used to doing certain things, and Latang, of course, is. I mean, Latang plays in every situation here, logs all these minutes. He's usually the guy with 25, 26 minutes. Petrie's capable of that. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is almost like, okay, well, 
I have to do things a little different or a little less or something like that. While you still have this other guy who's acclimating to your situation, because one thing I, I we brought up and talked about the other night is, if you recall, a guy who's used to doing all of those big things for a team comes to a new team with maybe someone else who's there. Think of Sergey Gonchar when he got to Pittsburgh. He ends up being one of the best Penguins defensemen probably ever, but that first season... Oh, he was horrible. It was ugly. People were were ripping management for bringing him Absolutely. in and just saying how terrible an acquisition That's it was. That's a good comparison. And, and so the next thing you know, maybe this helps. I agree. I think you might see really good play out of Petrie here for a while while Chris Letang is out, and that'll be the silver lining, if you will, if there is such a thing when you, when you lose a player the way the Penguins have lost Letang. That game was good because the Penguins at least got a point in it against Carolina. Yep. And it was a game that was completely played in the trenches. Like the whole game was on the wall. It was it was the complete opposite of what we would see a couple of nights later, right? Well, and Sully had the unique way of describing that, and I don't think any of us had heard it. I was curious about you. He said we couldn't get off the yellow. He kept saying <laughs> that we couldn't get off the yellow. And then we're like for a moment. Oh, he means the the board the at the board. bottom of the boards. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was a pretty unique it's way called of a kickboard, yeah. Yeah, you never really hear that. That described no, you that don't. way. I've never heard it. Before. Yeah, and he that was the first I'd heard it, and he said it about four times in his post game. Yeah, he did, I, <laughs> and I heard you guys talking about it on the post game show. So on Wednesday afternoon after practice, we learned why Chris Letang had missed the game the night before against Carolina. This is Chris Letang, the father, the family guy, um, the hockey player in the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's that secondary. So we're going to do everything that in our power to make sure Chris' health is first and foremost. Um, and then the other part of it will will come as it as it comes. He just knew something wasn't right, um, so that's when he contacted our medical staff, and that's when when uh, he went in the hospital to get some tests done, and that's when it was revealed. But he did not he did not suspect or or know that that uh, he had a stroke. The biggest challenge for me today was to try to find a way to keep him off the ice. He wanted to skate today, and so I think that's that's just an indication of you know of Tanger's passion to play and um, and wanting to get back with his team, but um, I think the biggest thing for us is is that everybody is concerned because we all care about him first and foremost. And but like I said, that from from all the the preliminary tests to this point, um, it appears that uh, it was this one was much less severe than his last one, and um, and that. All of the tests at this point have been very encouraging. So we'll rely on our medical team. Um, the, the doctors that are involved is so great, and we're appreciative for them as well. Well, Thursday night, as I said, it was a completely different kind of game. The Vegas Golden Knights came calling with the best record in the West, including a 10-1-1 record on the road and an 8-0 record against the Eastern Conference which means there was some hidden vigorous going there. I really felt the Penguins were the one team that might end that 8-0 record against the East when I looked at all the teams they had beaten. But the Penguins outshot them 18-14. to Unfortunately, were outscored 2-0 in the first period on goals by Jack Eichel and Riley Smith. The second goal broke a stretch of 19 straight penalty kills for the Penguins. All the way around the horn. Kessel let it go by, comes back to the point. And mishandling the puck as Martinez gets it back, though, to Carlson. One touch pass to Kessel, cross ice now. Opportunity Smith, he shoots and scores. Riley Smith buries it. And the Golden Knights lead by a score of 2 to nothing as he slipped it in on Tristan Jari. The Penguins finally solved Vegas rookie goaltender Logan Thompson, who was really good in the first period. And they got on the comeback trail in the second period. 
Banks it away, and the Penguins come to center. Brock begin with Carter into the attacking zone. Again, down to the left-wing corner. Checked there by Ben Hutton. Carter follows on. Hutton goes down. McGinn's got the puck. Throws it to the net. He scores! Brock McGinn with a surprising turning shot has given the Penguins their first goal of the game. It's 2-1. to one. Raquel goes down. Carlson to the puck. Now it's poked in behind the net. Nick Haig, number 14, six foot six defenseman for Vegas. Lost the puck. Gets in front. Score! The Penguins have scored. Ricard Raquel directs it into the goal. And the Penguins have tied this game at two. A late second period penalty to Jason Zucker led to a tie-breaking power play goal by Shea Theodore early in the third period, but the Penguins refused to lose. A series of penalties, including an interference penalty on the goaltender Thompson, led to a four-on-three power play opportunity. Thank you. Here's Malkin with it right now. Malkin brings it into the high slot, fakes the slap shot. Now skates with it to his left. Here's Gensel with a drive. He scores! Jake Gensel! Able to rip it inside the post on the short side, and the Penguins have tied the game of three on the power play. Second power play unit on the ice. I feel a goal for Kasperi Kapanen coming here. <laughs> There's got to be one somewhere. Dumped into the right wing corner, and then after it is Kasperi Kapanen. Bumps the defenseman White Cloud so Carter can get the puck. He tried to go back to Kapanen by him. Kapanen keeps on working, though, along the near wall. Back to the right point in Ruedel. Goes left side. Dumoulin with a wrist shot wide of the goal, right at the side of the net. Centered in front. Kapanen, he scores! Kasperi Kapanen has finally scored, and the Penguins have a 4-3 lead. Well, I had a, somebody sent me a message on Facebook. He said, Kreskin. Did you have those uh, lottery numbers for tonight's stag? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird how you just get the feeling about something. But I, I, I could see that coming in the Carolina game. I really could. You, you just kind of felt the captain was finally going to break through. Boy, did he pick a good time to do it, too. The Penguins really needed him to score a goal. Things got hairy down the stretch when Vegas pulled their goaltender. But Tristan Jari held the fort with a lot of help from his friends. And the Penguins won the game for Tanger 4-3. to Haven't gone through it with him before and just knowing him well and just – you know, seeing how uh, how we handled it, I think uh, you know everyone seemed really optimistic. It's not something you want to hear, but uh, with that, I think uh, everyone's on the same page and just wants to see him get better. And, you know, however long that takes. Uh, I thought the guys competed really hard all night. You know, and um, they didn't get discouraged when we get down a couple of goals early in the game. We just kept playing, and uh, you know there was there was a lot of the game that we really liked. We thought we you know we were pressuring pucks. We were up in fives. Um, you know, I think when we're at our best, our puck pursuit game is relentless. And, uh, you know, I thought the second period might have been our best. And uh, But but obviously, we do, we just kept playing the game. And there were some, you know, lead changes or whatever it may be. But I I loved I loved our mindset, just kind of next next play attitude, next shift attitude. And I think when I think when we play that way, we're you know we're we're capable to com- compete with any team in this league. That was a good hockey team we beat tonight. What a crazy game that was, Vince. You you can't play eighty two games like that. I mean, it's just it's, it was just a frenetic pace. Yeah, shots from everywhere. Goalies making saves. Physical. Uh, it was just, it was really fun to watch, but I would think that for the coaches, well, on both sides, it's the kind of game that could really give you gray hair. I agree with you. Um, it was back and forth. We expected kind of a, a heavy game from Vegas a little bit, too, because they have a couple players that, that throw themselves around, Colasar and Carrier. Carrier ended up taking three penalties in the game, though, so that kind of helped maybe mitigate him. But for me, 
like you said, Stag, all of the shots from everywhere. The Penguins had 85 shot attempts, 29 <laughs> blocks for Vegas in the game. I mean, that tells you all the times that the Penguins were shooting the puck. And we mentioned Petrie. He had five shots blocked of his shot attempts. He had seven attempts. Only two made it to the net. So he was firing. Uh, he had a couple. He probably wants the one back that Sid danced Thompson out of the net and fed him for. That's probably the only one he wants back. But for me, I thought it was a very solid effort by the Penguins based on what they were contending with on the Vegas side. And you mentioned Tristan Jari a minute ago. All of those saves in the third period, I believe what was the shots were 16 for him in the third. He made 15, including four in the final 28 seconds. They were really under siege late trying to get that equalized. But you know what I noticed? When he was making those saves, he was seeing the puck all the way. Yep. Like, there were no screens. So they were doing a good job of clearing the front of the net, which was something that uh, Mike Sullivan talked about after the game being an important aspect of the game. Mark Stone, you can't even move the guy. It's just it's like he's like a statue in there. Yep. But they did a good job. And then there were guys putting their bodies down to block passes. You know, pucks were hitting guys in front of the net, you know, when they were there. So it was really a special effort by the Penguins to make sure they protected the front of the net. I, that's a big key for Tristan Jari, and I, I also think that since he got himself back into this role now, going back to, what, November 17th, I believe, he's been essentially one of, if not the best goaltender in the league. He's winning more than he's losing. He's making a ton of saves and looking very confident and strong in doing so. It was definitely the best game of the year for Pierre-Olivier Joseph. He was flying, using his legs. He's got great wheels, and it's great to see him starting to use them. He could be like a Mike Matheson in terms of carrying that puck out of his own zone. I really believe that, like a you know one-man breakout. He's got the ability to do it. And, of course, Jake Gensel scored two big goals late this week. So he's he's back on track, and maybe we'll see him get some more now here as we go forward in this homestand here at PPG Paints Arena. In just a moment, the great Brian Trottier will join us. He'll talk about his new book, something you'd want to put on your shopping list for Christmas that's coming up next on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by s Bank. Jim Shorkey gives Pittsburgh's best hockey fans a Kia hat trick. Price, value, and warranty. Kia inventory is back in stock, including 2022 Kia Forte, Soul, K5, Sorento, Sportage, Carnival, Telluride, and more. Or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsors of the Pittsburgh Penguin. Experience the best of Kia at ShorkyKia.com. Let's go, Pens! Light the lamp with the new Lady Pens Candle Line, created by the significant others of your Pittsburgh Penguins for charities in our region. Icing, pond hockey, and slashing through the snow combine for the hat trick set, which makes the perfect holiday gift for all Pens fans. From scents to frosting to fur, these candles will bring Penguins hockey into your home all season long. Get yours today at shop.pittsburghpenguinsfoundation.org. That's shop.pittsburghpenguinsfoundation.org to assist local charities with the Lady Pens. Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change, where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day, where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com slash nursing. 
Hey students, did you know you can score great savings on Pittsburgh Penguins tickets through GetGo Student Rush? Take a break from studying and text RUSH to 412-534-6266 to score last-minute ticket deals sent directly to your phone. You must be a college student with a .edu email address to participate. Again, text RUSH to 412-534-6266 or visit pittsburghpenguins.com slash studentrush to learn more about the GetGo Student Rush program today. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. We are so pleased to be joined by one of the great players in the history of the National Hockey League, Hall of Famer Brian Trottier, of course helped the Penguins win a couple of cups in the early 90s, <clears throat> and uh, seems like he's one of those guys whose name is on the cup, probably, probably took has been taken off by now where they remove those rings mm-hmm. at the bottom. That's how uh, long he's been you know, toiling and, and helping uh, teams win cups. Brian Trottier joining us right now. He's written a book called All Roads Home, A Life on and Off the Ice. Trotz, good morning, and thanks a lot for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Oh, my God, it's a pleasure, Staggy. Any call anytime. This is this is fun. I get to talk hockey, get to talk a little bit about the book with my buddies here. This is great. So when you say home, first tell the folks where is home. Well, home is, uh, I, I talk about home in the book, it's in your heart, but I'm from a little town called Val Marie, Saskatchewan. Population was about, I don't know, 250, 300 when I was growing up. Vibrant little village community, you know, everything kind of circled around the arena. 
um, during the winter time and um, you know it's a farmer ranching community um, remote Saskatchewan a bunch of little towns all connected just 30 40 miles apart uh, but it's uh, it's fun place to grow up because you know everybody knows everybody you know there's a Siren goes off at nine o'clock every night. We lived about three and a half miles out of town. We didn't hear it all the time unless I was in town, staying at grandma and grandpa's house. But it's a wonderful little community. It's down to about 120 people now, um, but it's uh, the gateway to Parks Canada. Um, there's a um, Grasslands National Park right there now, right at the uh, right at the foot of the old the old homestead, uh, 70 mile butte right outside my door, which is a landmark for the natives and uh, travelers and buffalo hunters back in the good old days so it's got some wonderful history it sure does why now trots why why did you decide to write this book now oh god well it's kind of where i'm in life i think uh, you know not as guarded obviously uh yeah i've been out of hockey here for a few years no more secrets i have to worry about people asking me what my strategies are uh you know i, I go to first nations communities I, I, I tell them my story to the nhl you know i, I telling these stories to my grandkids and you know i go to speaking engagements done the keynote speeches and people like the stories you know so um you know i put an outline together we found a publisher and they're pretty excited we think we got a book here so five years and 1200 page manuscript later we whittled it down to a wonderful little labor of joy that uh, you know through covid was uh so there's lots of fun stories in there, you know, pe- you know, people in my life, people who have influenced me in a positive way, parents, coaches, friends, you know, probably explains who I am, why I am the way I am. <laughs> but it's a tribute, I think, uh, to a lot of to a lot of people, my path in NHL. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a fun read. Hey, Trotz, thanks for doing this. It's Brian Metzer. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, hey, you, I, I'm pretty sure I heard you talking about this before um, and maybe some promo for your book, etc. But I know you're big in with music now you're always entertaining at the Lemieux camps and everything when you when you're there uh talk about the influence maybe when you were in growing up in that situation simple situation of, of music on you and your family oh god yeah that's uh well music's been a big part of our family from my grandparents grandpa was a fiddler grandma was courted the piano and uh we were their audience, and if Grandma hit a sour note on the piano, Grandpa <laughs> would whack her with the bow, and that sometimes that's more entertaining than the music. But you know, Dad was a wonderful, wonderful musician. He could play you know multiple music um, instruments from the guitar, accordion, piano. He, he was just a natural. He couldn't read music, but he taught us all how to. Uh, well, he taught us how to sing first. You know, he always had to have a song ready for the family gatherings, and then uh, when he had his bands going, he put take us up on the stage and. I was pretty shy, but, you know, I had to go sing a song. And next thing you know, he's 14 years old. He strapped a bass guitar, taught me three chords, watched my fingers. And next thing you know, I'm in the band. And it was really kind of a um, uh, an opportunity, I think, just to kind of, again, share um, uh, a side of our family, which was became a family band. My sister was a wonderful singer, and then she became the bass player. I taught myself how to strum a guitar. So it's really... Uh, an opportunity. It's very hard to strum a guitar, uh, a bass guitar around a campfire. So I had to learn how to strum <laughs> a guitar. Uh, so it's really kind of uh, fun to be able to share that side of our family. And I think the dad's legacy, which is really the music side, as much as hockey might be a, a part of uh, a big part of our life, you know, music is just as big, you know, whenever there's a family gathering, it's, everybody's got a guitar, everybody sings. And we've had um, relatives down in Nashville for over 30 years now. And, 
we go back to Saskatchewan. Kathy still, my sister still has the her band going. So, yeah, her her kids are playing. So it's it's just kind of traditional country music, but at the same time, we 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 jazz it up a little bit. We throw <laughs> a little you know country rock in there every once in a while. But it's it, we we think it's all staples. You know, Merle Haggard, Buck Owens. Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, that 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 era, that's awesome. really easy listening music. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous stuff too. I, I I enjoy hearing you play when you do, Trot. You're a good singer too. Now you you say you wanted to quit hockey at 16. Why was that? My God, well, junior hockey in Western Canada was I'll say the word vicious. It was it was tough hockey, and I was small. I was only 160 pounds, five five foot six, and playing against guys that were well over six foot and they were like 60 pounds heavier. I mean, I was getting, I was kind of getting ragdolled. I like to bump guys, as you know, and, and everybody wants to fight. And I, I wasn't much of, I wasn't big enough, number one, but number two, I, I just felt like I was getting ragdolled all the time. And hockey just wasn't fun. I wasn't playing very much. I was a fourth line guy and, you know, fourth liners are bangers and you kind of trying to get things going and uh, I'm trying to score goals. And these guys just want to fight me. And I'm like, Oh my God, at Christmas time, I was so homesick. I just went home and I, thinking all the way home I'm just I'm not going back I'm just going to stay home and then uh you know the coach called said you know I, I said I don't think I'm coming back and dad heard the whole thing and the next morning listen to this like next morning uh, my teammate Tiger Williams like you know you guys know him as the most penalized player in the history of the NHL but he was my junior teammate um he finds his way through a snowstorm in a in a GTO with mag tires and <laughs> finds his way down to the ranch in this blizzard knocks on the door at seven o'clock and my mom answers the door. I'm not even up. I hear, Oh, hi tiger. Hi, Mary. How are you? Oh, want some breakfast? Want a coffee? Oh yes. Thank you. And I get up. I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, I'm bringing you back to surfer. I said, no way. I, I think I'm good. He goes, no, no, you're, you're coming back. I have to hog tie you throw it in that car. And I'm like, no, no. And, uh, dad, you know, and tiger says, time to go. we got to get back. Uh, hockey practice at 10 o'clock. And it's going to take us well over an hour to get back in a storm. And, Dad looked up and he said, you know, you can always come home. And those words hit me like, uh, I don't know, just softened me enough to get in that car. And Tiger on the way back said, look, no one's going to touch you for the rest of the year. I'm going to play left wing with you. And um, hockey was fun again. If somebody would look at me, Tiger beat the crap out of him. Like, what's that all about? <laughs> he goes, awesome. oh, I would that guy. And plus, he, you know, he'll never touch you. I was like, oh, my God, he was right. And uh, having Tiger as a teammate and a big brother really was a defining moment, I think, for me. We all have defining moments and people that, that – or come in our lives at key times but without tiger coming to drag me back i probably just went back to school in valmarie and you know did the college thing who knows but um you know it was uh, uh what i needed at that time the right words from dad and uh, you know tiger coming down it really you know just changed the whole my whole aspect and my ice time and who i was playing with and um the style of hockey i could play and not worry about getting my head <laughs> taken off and uh, come to the NHL, I got Clark Gillies for, you know, first 12 years of my NHL <laughs> career. So Tiger and Junior and then Clark in the NHL so I could play my game and not worry about it, you know. But it was really, uh, I didn't expect anybody to fight my battles. But at the same time, it was just nice not to have to worry about anybody, you know, um, kind of taking advantage of you while you're just playing hockey. We only have, unfortunately, a minute left on this show, and I would love to get you on again sometime, oh, Trust, to talk about it some more. Yeah. Because, you know, really, it sounds like we could do a whole hour on this and, we'll be, and people would be enthralled. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to do it again. So, but yeah, before you go, before you go, let's talk about, you know, uh, how we can get the book, uh, what, what uh, you know, the, the various venues are to pick it up, and, and uh, you know, just in general, um, what you're doing to try to promote it a little bit. 
Well, we've had we've had tours in Canada here for the last three weeks, and, and Christmas is on us here. Obviously, the timing of this is really fun for me. Uh, so we're going to try to get some stuff going here at uh, PPG at Penske. We're going to pick a pick a date here in the next little while. Either the twelfth, the twentieth, or the twenty second. I think in December we'll have some books available. I'll be there to sign them. You know, we'll do that for the for the fans. We'll have an opportunity. If people want to pick it up on Amazon. That's the best place to pick it up. If that gets to you like you know two days, three days, if you have uh, Amazon Prime. And I think there's opportunities Barnes and Noble here around Pittsburgh. I've seen them there, trots. They're there. There. Yep. They're... Yep. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get them into a few more stores here. The Staggy turned me on to the fellow up in uh, Mount Lebanon. I talked to him yesterday, Paul. So we're going to try to get them around a little more, and uh, I'll try to get some signings. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll do one up at I think uh, the, the the Castle Card Show up in uh, Cranberry. We'll we'll try to get around here in Pittsburgh, get them signed up. If you do buy one, you know we'll we'll, we'll do some signings here early in the new year and and try to get them signed up for the for the hockey fans. But yeah, I, it, it'd make a great Christmas gift, obviously. But for me, it's just a, an opportunity to let people know I'm still kicking. And I'll tell you what, trust to me. It's like a gift to hockey fans, you know, because anybody who loves the game, uh, to me especially, I, I really enjoy those stories, like the ones you told about what it was like to be living in, in the, out there and in, in in the Wild West, and just you know, the, because that's what really makes it special. It's the people who play the game, what they go through to get all the way to the National Hockey League, and not just get there, but you became one of the greatest players in the history of the game, and we're so blessed to have you here in Pittsburgh. Thanks a lot for being on the show, and let's try to do this again and, and get a little deeper into into the book and some of the more, more entertaining stories. Thanks, Daggy. Always, always a pleasure. Yep, Pittsburgh's been a wonderful home here. Absolutely great living here. Thank you. Thanks, Trotz. Talk to you soon. That's See Brian, you later, gang. Thanks. That's Brian Trottier, and if you got to get that book. It's called All Roads Home, A Life on and Off the Ice by the great Brian Trottier. We'll have more in a moment on the Penguins Radio Network presented by s Bank. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple. Studying abroad was not even on my radar. I always just assumed that that was not for me. So now here I am in Italy studying abroad. It really is one of the most amazing experiences, challenging experiences, something that you grow so much from that you can't really get anywhere else. Doing study abroad through Kent State, you're going to be in great hands. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my whole life. As a Penguins radio partner for many years, I can tell you that ST Bank is a community bank that truly cares about people. Whether you're a brand new customer or your family has been with ST since its start in 1902, the team is ready to exceed your banking expectations. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Learn how ST Bank supports its neighbors at stbank.com today. Member. FDIC. If there's a better place for world-class outdoor adventure or a better place to take in top-rated fall colors, we haven't seen it, but you should see it. It's all right here in West Virginia. 
Plan your fall trip at wvtourism.com. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 of PPG Paints Arena. And with 700 spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at burgatorybar.com. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. And we're down to the last few minutes of the show this morning. Our thanks again to Brian Trottier and uh, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, our producer, is working uh, feverishly over there to get some music together. So we're going to play a little segment of Brian Trottier doing Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. <laughs> Sounds awesome, actually. He's, he's really good. Why? Good stuff, Stag. Really cool, man. <laughs> I, he's... Tross is such a fun guy to be around. Even going back, I remember when he when he played for the Islanders, I would interview him, and he was always very nice. You know, like he seems like a kind man. And he was a kind man back then, and man, 
when he played the game, though, was he he was so good, like physical. Like he would hit you, like you know how they used to talk about Joe Lewis's punch being. Oh yeah, you know you could knock you out for like a, with a six inch punch. Boom, you know. Probably knock you out with a glance. Well, that's the way Trotz was with his body checks. Like, he would hit you and explode into you with his legs. You know, he had those big legs and and, and his lower body and his center of gravity was such that when he would hit you, it was with perfect technique. Isn't it interesting? And it looked like when it you hurt, hear, like, ugh. When you hear where he came from hockey-wise, isn't that interesting where he needed Tiger and Clark Gillies, et cetera, like the kind of, especially that, that story about Tiger picking him up and bringing him back and then saying, you won't be touched again. I mean, that's... That's funny that he turned into a more physical guy then and was able to handle his business and not be put off by that style of play. He was just as tough as anybody. Really, really good stuff. And that says a lot about hockey, too, because, you know, you talk, we talk all the time about why the Penguins have guys who can protect their stars. That was always just part of hockey. That's just the yeah. way it was. You know, Wayne Gretzky skated with Dave Semenko on his wing and Marty McSorley on his wing. And, you know, and Trotz had Clark Gillies when he played for the Islanders. Yep. And, you know, Trotz could handle himself. But I remember when Mario would get abused. The referees would say, he's a big guy. He can handle himself. You know, because he was 6'4", that all of a sudden made him a tough guy. You know, and it's just ridiculous. Well, even and when you think of, of, and just on that thought stag, even when Yager was here, just because he was so powerful, he wouldn't go down as easy, but he got abused just as totally. much. And it was the same exact thing. So Mario and Yags used to get beat up all the time, but no one liked Mario. He he was under siege nightly. No doubt. And that's why it was so much fun when Rick Tockett came along and uh, played alongside of him. Yep. So the Blues are in town. Um, tonight, and they always give the Penguins a, a rough time, I think. If you look back over history, the Penguins have always had, you know, some stretches where the Blues played well here, and uh, the Penguins had trouble sometimes in St. Louis. That's not been one of the best places for the Penguins as a visiting team. But uh, the Blues play a certain way, and it's going to be uh, more of that uh, Penguins, you know, high-flying Penguins-skilled team against a kind of a grinding Western-style hockey team. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they play, you know, a heavy, big game, um, like a lot of these Western Conference teams. I uh, mentioned it when we were off air, but Borky and I talked with Joe Vitale last night on his uh, on his show at the Rivers Casino, and, and they he said they were bullies when they won the Stanley Cup, and they're trying to get back to that style uh, to to start winning again. And now when you look at this last couple weeks, Dag, they're only 1-4 and or yeah, in their last five. So I mean, they've struggled a little bit. They've had ups and downs, very penguin-like in a way because they started with wins. Penguin-esque, yeah, penguins-esque. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying not to say it just because you know I'm penguins-like. <laughs> My vernacular, you know. Um, but they had lost eight games in a row this season. They went on a little winning stretch and now one and four. So it's it's a team looking to get back on track against the Penguins who are looking to get back on track. You know, but they've done it a little bit more so recently than the Blues. And I like the, the 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 battle of the Penguins the other night, and if they can keep that kind of intensity up here, and, and make sure they bring it every night here at home, and make a you know, take advantage of the of the home cooking here, yeah. the Penguins could really put themselves in a good spot. Agreed. Right now they're in that first wild card spot with twenty eight points, one point ahead of Detroit, two points behind the New York Islanders for third place in the Metropolitan Division. By the way, I just want to say I really enjoyed calling those two games, but we got to get uh, uh, Josh Getzoff back. In the starting lineup, hopefully tonight when the Penguins play the Blues, we don't know yet. If, if not, gonna, it'll be us. If he's, if he's get, <laughs> otherwise, it'll be Mets doing the pregame show as he did the last, so well the last couple of games, and I'll be calling the game. So we'll find out, but hopefully all the best to Josh Getzoff, and he'll be back tonight. For Wayne Gretzky, Anderson, Brian Metzer, Brian Trache, I'm Paul Steigerwall. Thanks for listening, everybody, on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by s Bank. 
Jim Shorkey gives Pittsburgh's hockey fans a Mitsubishi hat trick. Price, selection, and warranty. Grab the most affordable all-wheel drives on the market like Outlander, Outlander Sport, and the Eclipse Cross, or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values that are higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Come find the Mitsu that fits you at ShortyMitsubishi.com. Let's go, Pens. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change, where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day, where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com nursing. Whether hosting clients, rewarding employees, or celebrating a family milestone, experience the sweet life with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Individual rentals are now available and feature 16 tickets in a private PNC Legends-level suite, catering, parking, and access to all PPG Paints Arena clubs. Visit www.pittsburghpenguins.com premium seating to view our entire VIP lineup. 